It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. Good Wednesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. Excited to be in here as today should be a pretty good show as we talk it out about what is the decisions that have been made this week and what are things that are going to come up this week in talks about high school and college football as uh, NFL has made some decisions this week as well. Uh, talking about no preseason games, uh, I kind of think that's smart, but I kind of think that's uh, it's a tough spot for some of those signed free agents because, again, not only are there no preseason games, but there's an 80-man uh, roster to start uh, the start the season, and that, so that cuts a lot of those those signed you know free agents. Uh, doesn't give them the opportunity to show themselves uh, properly. But today, the board of, of the board of uh, BOC, uh, the board of of I don't know why that's that's slipping my mind. But nonetheless, the the board at the TWSAA will meet um, this afternoon at 1 p.m. Uh, board of Control. I'm like Board of Conduct, Board of citation I don't know but they're going to meet today at 1 p.m. Uh, to, to discuss a lot of different things uh, fall sports regulations uh, virtual only versus closed due to COVID how they would allow people to play football in lieu of a of another shutdown um, the 2020 and 21 girls soccer contingency plan uh, they still need to approve one of those in, in lieu of the governor's state of emergency order and then also the football contingency plan. Uh, the board needs to decide which football plan will be adopted if we're not able to start practice by August the 3rd. Um, schools that do not play scheduled contests, the board needs to decide how they're going to handle teams that are unable to play games due to an outbreak. Uh, this would apply to regular and postseason games in football and postseason in all other sports. So, uh, a big day today for for that meeting, and I think a big day for for high school sports because I'm hoping I'm hoping we'll understand a contingency plan. Now, uh, a lot of people's like, well, it's good that we'll know. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we've we've been around things since March, but nothing is set in stone. Uh, nothing is is strong. Nothing. Everything is is fluid at some level, and uh, ultimately. Uh, you know, it's just one of those deals where you, you've got to do uh, the best you can do with what you have, and ultimately, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take care of what we can take care of and talk about what we can talk about once we get decisions made. But you know, that's a big day for for the TWSAA. Uh, but talking a little bit about the NFL because I think uh, Board of Controls is going to do their thing, and and we've just got to be uh, ready to do our thing. Uh, when it comes to to being ready for either fans in the stands or not, uh, are they going to play on time or not? 
and then how that that shakes out, how we react, uh, that that's that's a game by game situation. But looks like the NFL, uh, in in very NFL fashion, uh, is getting things together a little later than they would like. Uh, NFL proposes 80 man training camp roster, an agree agreement reached to scrap the 2020 preseason. If you look at, at what they've been able to do, uh, if and when training camp opens next week, uh, currently scheduled, uh, teams' rosters will include a maximum of 80 players as opposed to a usual 90. In effort to help enforce social distancing uh, in team facilities, they've, they've reduced the roster and had to create uh, satellite uh, locker room facilities uh, to try to get all the people six feet apart. Sources said the NFL and the union officially agreed Tuesday to the league's plan to drop all preseason games for 2020. It came just a couple days after uh, the union said uh, to play no preseason games this summer because of the coronavirus pandemic. Again, we, we know why things are, are changing, but they said thus Tuesday's development, the league players union are inching closer to agreement on rules that will govern training camp in the season under these difficult circumstances. Uh, weeks of negotiations seem to be coming to a head as sources uh, where on the players' call Tuesday night said there there has been agreement on several issues, but work remains to be done on some others. The NFL and the NFLPA announced Monday they have agreed on a COVID-19 testing protocol. Players and team personnel will test every day for the first two weeks of training camp, then every other day just as long as their team's positive test rate is and remains under 5%. I'm assuming it should it spike, uh, they will, of course, add additional testing. Uh, additionally, sources said the league and the union have agreed to an 80-man roster. We talked about that. said in a typical year, many teams have to add stalls to their usual locker rooms to accommodate a 90-man camp. But this year, with rules mandating six feet of space between lockers, uh, teams have to get creative. And having auxiliary, I'm using space quotes, uh, locker rooms. Some teams are, are using rooms that otherwise would be vacant, such as media work rooms. Some teams are importing trailers and finding other means to add space. Uh, the hope is that reducing rosters to 80 will help limit the extent to which teams have to create that extra space. Uh, but while agreements have been reached on a lot of issues, other remain unresolved. One of those is proposed extended acclimation period for players in training camp. Um, players ask, based on the advice of jointly appointed medical expertise, uh, for a camp plan that would limit the first 21 days to strength and conditioning only, followed by 10 days of non-padded practice, and then a 14-day contact acclimation period uh, in which padded practices would be permitted. Uh, the league's latest offer, sources said, comes much closer to that, uh, but uh, still some room uh, that needs to be improved on. The players still had not agreed to it, and they're expected to continue discussions uh, through the rest of this week. Uh, the other major issue concerning player right uh, now is the procedure under which they can opt out of the 2020 season if they are in a high-risk category or they simply are not comfortable playing amid the pandemic. One source said the league has offered to give stipends, $250,000 for active and $100,000 for practice squad to players who opt out because there is a high, they're in high-risk categories but not for players who opt out voluntarily. The source said the league proposal would be 
that players who opt out would have their contracts toll, meaning just slide back a year and pick up next year where they are now, but that the teams would, would in the meantime, retain whatever rights they had to release or trade those players under their current contract. The players are seeking better uh, protection due to that, and, uh, and, and based on the unprecedented circumstances, maybe, maybe we'll get it. Hanging over all of this is the macro financial issue of the league's long-term finances. Uh, you look at, at extending uh, contracts and then giving stipends, uh, it, just, it just takes a toll on a league, 32 teams, 80-man roster per. It'll just get real thick real quick. It said, with widespread expectations that the league will lose a significant amount of revenue due to empty stadiums and possibly canceled games, the league and the union have to have preliminary talks about the effect that will have on salary cap in future years. An agreement on that issue appears to be way off. As the sides are focused on getting to an agreement on a more immediate issue, no, they would stand in the way of training camp in the regular season uh, based on that. Training camps for most teams is scheduled for July 28th, and the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs are the ones that are on the clock as we speak. They're scheduled to, to start next Thursday night. Uh, as or start on a Thursday night, uh, so their training camp does start first. Uh, they would start July 28th as their first uh, appearance date, and it may not be necessary to have an agreement by then, but uh, once they uh, have, have cleared their 72-hour testing protocol, uh, they would need to be able to enter the facility. So they, uh, they plan on reporting for Saturday, uh, getting tested, and then checking out for two days. Uh, to see what that result would look like. But uh, their plan would be to start on July 29th. I, you know, I look at it and I'm sitting here going, well, I feel like everything wants a decision right now. And, and, and I can speak to everything. I, I mean, high school sports, I, I even think school. Uh, I know Maryville City has sent out, like, in the last three days, they've sent out three different uh, updates. And, and it's all been evolution of what is current current events and and i think the nfl and the players association have to understand that uh especially especially in those situations you know maryville city deals with you you know alcoa maryville you know surrounding areas and in the county you know what i'm saying it's 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 one of those deals where the the dynamic is within our within our reach right the nfl is they're making a decision for for teams that's that scan the 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 country i mean i i would venture to say there's certain teams out there you know that that the risk is very low the 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 dynamic of 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 covid is is different you know you look at the new york teams uh, it's probably a little higher risk just because there's a ton of people in new york you look at, at at teams like you know denver i mean they're in more of a mountainous climate and 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 I feel like they've been doing some really good protocol. Maybe it's not as big a deal up there, and, and that's speculation. But I, I just think there's all these dynamics. You know, Florida's a hot spot. You look at that Nashville uh, for the Titans is a hot spot. Uh, you, you just kind of there, – there's a dynamic in every town, and I think everybody's bringing that opinion to the table. And so they're trying to come up with this big master plan that should suffice all. And, and I think as a league you have to do that. I think you have to find a common ground. The problem is is these people feel like it's unnecessary to, to get to that level, and then these people feel like they're not doing enough. And and I feel like with 80 people per roster, 
and, and and again, the players' association is much larger than that because it 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 encompasses a, a lot of practice players, uh, a lot of a, a lot of pieces that that aren't necessarily accounted for. But you, you look at it, and, and they're going to make a big decision uh, one way or another about all of this. And so I think you, when you look at it from that dynamic, uh, this is this is really difficult. And, and and don't get me wrong, there's not another day I want to be Roger Goodell, but today's not that day either. Uh, I, I think that's a that's a lose lose situation. And I think ultimately they got to do what's best for them. The players got to make the decision they feel like's necessary for them. But I will say, if a player is going to opt out, then then it's it's kind of interesting to me that that he's still voting. In my opinion. Uh, if if he's going to opt out of 2020, uh, then then don't let him be the hanging piece uh, that keeps this thing off the ground. But I think in, you know in desperate times come desperate measures, and and at this point, uh, football in general is very desperate. And and I think the NFL is just the next thing. NHL, MLB, and and basketball has had their they're very different, but they're very uh, protective. Uh, plans to bring sports back. I think uh, you know LeBron James calling it a a really big adult AAU tournament is hilarious because they've they've almost encapsulated like Big Brother style uh, made the uh, made the jump and uh, and they've had zero testing in, in in several days and so that's a really strong point. The NHL is going to stay in two cities, uh, which is is really you know kind of their thing. They're actually going to head to their hub cities this weekend. Um, so that's a different look. And, and then the NFL is, is focusing on, uh, distancing, no fans in the stands and then, uh, a highly, uh, aggressive testing protocol. So, um, all are different. I'm not saying any of, oh, in baseball, you know, they're, they're kind of along these same lines where they're, they're, they're doing really high testing protocol and, and they're, they're no fans in the stands, but, I think all have their 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 aggressive points. I think they all have their 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 assurance level. Uh, but I think you know I think we're gonna watch who does best and who has the the least hiccups based around testing protocol. I think I think basketball probably has the closest handle on it because they're they're managing every aspect basically of life. But I will say a shortened season. A basically play up to a playoff situation, and then a finish is is much easier to manage than a, than a full sixteen game schedule and playoffs. So I think it's a little different dynamic, and then the rosters are, are significantly smaller. But uh, but I think at at every level it's a trickle down effect. Okay, the NFL does this, so college football expects to do this. At, at college football level, we're going to do this at the state level, at the conference level. So then the, the corresponding high schools are, are affected. I don't think we're in the I don't think we're in the in the clear just yet. And what I mean what I mean by that is uh, I think everything is relative. Uh, you, you know I think I think the TSSAA is trying to understand what the state level is going to do and I think at the state level is trying to understand what conferences are going to do and what colleges are going to do and what the expectation is for, for different things. It's i.e. looking at the, the Southeastern Conference. I mean, you look at, at the state runout of, of who's peaking right now, and Tennessee's not in the great of shape there. So I think uh, over the next few days, over the next few weeks, and, and, and I said it and it's coming to fruition, the next two weeks starting on Monday, 
through next week, basically finishing the month of July, will tell the story of fall sports. Whether that's NFL, Major League Baseball, basketball, however that looks. And basketball being a fall sport is just the funniest thing. But it is what it is. And that's where we're living. That's what we're doing. And ultimately, uh, the decisions have to be made. But NFL is, is getting in tune. Uh, they're, they're getting ready for what they're going to do. Basketball's off and running. Baseball's playing preseason games. Been watching a little bit of the, the inner squad deals. And, and then, of course, some of their little preseason games amping up for what is a 60-game a push to a championship. And yesterday, uh, just, just food for thought, uh, there was a lot of people said, well, a 60-game champion's not a champion. Tell that to the person who sells them the trophy. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to take a break, listen to our fine sponsor. When we come back, hopefully going to have a phone call that you don't want to miss. You're listening to the Wednesday Grind right here, 104.9 FM, 8.50 AM. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 2020 has been anything but predictable. But there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us 
on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and and thanks for listening. We're expecting a phone call here from from Coach Coach Train Davis as as he is uh, really excited to to get his camp going, Legends of Tennessee Camp. It's a a camp that has uh, Tennessee football legends that that come back, give kids direction, and really develop young men uh, to to get things off and running for for the greater part of – East Tennessee, but also uh, in the Knoxville area. So excited uh, to be able to have uh, – he said he's going to call in in two minutes. So we're going to get get some things going. Some camp cities uh, that this thing takes place in, March the 7th. And it looks like uh, looks like we've had some camps in some places, but it looks like maybe some of them have been uh, postponed. But the one we're going to talk about today is July 25th and 6th, uh, two-day camp in Pigeon Forge. Excited about that, but they they normally have three, six, eight camps uh, throughout the uh, maybe ten camps throughout the year, and it, it focuses on a lot of different uh, a lot of different techniques, a lot of different uh, a lot of different people. But I'm excited to hear what Coach says about uh, about what what 2020's brought to the table as as the dynamic has definitely changed, and ultimately uh, the uh, the the look of of sports in general. Uh, has changed for a uh, for a big 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 part. So uh, again, excited to see uh, coaches that have been part of this this co- coaching camp. T. Rob, Tony Robinson, uh, again Jabari Davis. One we'll talk to uh, this morning. Eric Westmoreland, uh, D'Angelo Lloyd, Chris Treese, Fred White, uh, Herman Lathers, Justin Harrell, A.J. Beast Johnson, uh, Joey Kent, Troy Fleming, Sterling Hinton. Jason Swain, Gerald Riggs Jr., Cedric Houston, Andre Lott, and others. But let's jump to the phone lines, talk to uh, to Coach Davis. Hey, you're on the grind. Is this Coach? What's going on, man? Hey, Coach. What's up, man? It's uh, I appreciate you getting up early talking to us. But uh, talking about your camp, man, you got you got a lot going on here this weekend. Yes, sir, I do, man. I actually had to set an alarm so I could wake up on time. <laughs> Uh, luckily. <laughs> oh, it's it's rough on me. If it wasn't for coffee and caffeine, I don't know what I'd be doing. Yeah, man. <laughs> but luckily, uh, my my daughter plays volleyball at uh, William Blunt, so they have practice um, in the morning. So I usually get up around this time anyway. But I appreciate you bringing me on, man. Just want to uh, share a little bit about the camp. Uh, this weekend, we have the Legends of Tennessee football camp, the third annual. 
Legends of Tennessee uh, big camp that we do in East Tennessee. Uh, we'll have over 10 former Vols that have played and have been successful at the uh, um, at the collegiate level at Tennessee, and a few guys played professional football. Um, uh, we'll have just a great weekend of fun, man. Your kid will learn a lot of great football fundamentals, some life skills, some character skills, just everything that your child needs to know to be ready to be successful on and off the field. So, um, you know, we put this thing together, man, about five, six weeks ago. We really didn't know what we were going to do because of the COVID stuff and what everything uh, that was going on in the world, man. But, you know, we wanted to do something positive for the community. You know, these kids have been through a lot over these last couple months with school being ended and a lot of the sports and summer camps being canceled, man. So I called some of my teammates and some of guys in the local area. And, uh, hey, you know, I just said, man, let's do something. But keep it safe, keep it clean, where everybody can have a great weekend that we all really need going into the school year and seeing what's going to be the update with football this fall. Absolutely. And and, and I tell people, Maybe the most uh, maybe the most useless purchase in 2020 was a weekly planner. I feel like uh, you know yeah, you, right. you can't necessarily have a whole lot of that going on right now. And and you know I think at at every level, yeah, there's been some level of, of change. And 2020's been just that. I mean, I follow you on on social medias and stuff, and and, and things that I'm pretty sure in past years you haven't thought about uh, having to staff. Uh, the other day, you were needing somebody to clean the football. Uh, periodically and that's that's like serious you're right. you're right man you know we have a uh a big staff you know we will keep every um, you know with all these different guidelines going on man we got to have a lot of people working in camp so we have a uh a, a, a pretty much organized um setup for right now you know kids got to get their temperatures checked parents and kids got to get their temperatures checked before they walk on the field you got to sign a COVID waiver form. You got to sign a football waiver. Uh, we have hand sanitizer stations that have been donated to, uh, to us. Uh, every kid uh, will have to get a water bottle, so we can't have the water jugs that you could hold, you know, with the cross contamination and things like that. So this will be the safest camp in the country. You know, from looking at these other camps and these other travel sports that have been going on, you know, a lot of people haven't really been practicing social distancing like they need to. But uh, we will make sure that people will be social distanced. Uh, we'll make sure every kid is, you know, will be safe. A lot of the drills that we normally do in football, we can't do them. You know, so we're going to stay away from some of the contact stuff as far as, you know, tackling drills and things like that. So, you know, I've been getting a lot of emails from people saying, man, how are you going to do it being a football camp and it's a contact sport? But we put something together uh, very special and, and unique, and your kid will get a lot of work in for two days. So it's a two-day camp. It's Saturday and Sunday, um, and it's in Pigeon Forge, man. We'll be at Ware Farm City Park in Pigeon Forge. Um, uh, let me see the website. I really don't have a website. Um, for the camp flyer, but if you go to utlegendscamp.com, it'll give you 
a list of everything that we will um, be doing today. It's the last day to register. And also, um, after the camp, man, at Casual Pint inside the Holiday Inn, the new Holiday Inn in Pigeon Forge, we're doing an event with them called Beer Bites and Cigars. And it's an autograph um, event as well. So um, if any Tennessee fan wants to come by there and say hello, get a signed poster, come by the Holiday Inn in Pigeon Forge. It's a new Pigeon well, it's a new Holiday Inn that they built um, right across the street from, I forget the name of that barbecue place, man, it starts with the B. I can't think of the name of it oh, right yeah. now. But, you know, we just want to give anybody an opportunity to come see us, say hello, talk some UT football, talk some social issues going on in the world, man. Just have a great weekend. And, and, and Jabari, you know, we talk about, you know, being able to get away a little bit from from what's going on in 2020 it's been anything but predictable and and like you said we're we're hoping for for football and sports in this fall um you, you know as a former player you know i guess you have a look at at, at how these players are, what they're probably thinking or, or or how they're trying to to get through this thing is, is this something that that you could even fathom what you would have to do when you were back in school uh, man, it's, you know, just a very difficult process right now because, you know, a lot of kids, you know, have been quarantining and they go back to school and they be around other guys that have been on at the beach or been in hot spots and they end up getting sick. So, you know, it's something that's, you know, very new to the world right now. It's no, you know, game plan for it. Like, it's still a question mark, and it's very difficult, you know, being a college athlete and knowing how much you train and how much you work going into your season, and it's still a question mark about it. So I can't imagine what they're dealing with. I can't imagine being a senior, you know, and you need that strong senior season that can help you get to the next level. And what it was like for these high school athletes being a senior and playing a spring sport, you know, and all of a sudden it gets canceled. And, you know, people that play sports during the summer, you know, I was affected by it because I coach a uh, youth in middle school 707 team. And I have a lot of Maryland players on my football team and Knoxville players on my football team. And we came out the gate swinging, man, you know, and played in three tournaments and our season ended. And then my son, you know, he plays AAU basketball. His season ended. And my daughter's uh, travel volleyball season ended. So, you know, kids have gone through nightmares, man. But as a college athlete going into football, it's just, I mean, what do you do? Um, only thing you can do is just sit back and listen and watch the news and just hope that this conference makes a good decision. You know to put these kids in position to have some success. Yeah, and, and the the discussions been, you know, do do they do they do they move football to the spring, and and what do they do there, and then how do they test, and and, and you know, I think everybody yeah. wants some blanket explanation, but really, when when you talk about, especially just talk about the Southeastern Conference, you talk about fourteen member schools that span, uh, you know, basically, I guess about 12, 11, 12 states. 
and, and all of those are in varying degrees of hot spot. And so I don't, I, don't, yeah. I think it's just, it's a, it's a, an interesting dynamic that the commissioner and, and all those guys are going to have to do because I think you're going to, in some states, feel like that's overkill. And then in some states, you're, you're going to feel like you're still at a, at a pretty huge risk. Yes, I agree. And also, if you move football to the spring, which I uh, see, I don't know, I forget what state did that. I saw California has pushed their football back to the winter. Yeah, and then Virginia has also pushed it. Yeah. I don't know if they canceled it or they pushed it back, but if you push it to the spring, then what do you do for the fall? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it now, just kind of trickles then. It, yeah, I'm just saying. So now you go full football season, then you have a short summer, then you go straight into another season. So if you push it to the spring, then you're going to have to – Set the schedule back going into the fall, man, because there's no way you can just play football and have a a month off and just play football again because, I mean, the summer is – I mean, I, I don't know, man. I get frustrated thinking about it. <laughs> well, and it, it's just uncharted territory because, I mean, it's it's like you, you're danged if you do and you're danged if you don't because ultimately – it's like I can't remember. There was a doctor that said it early on. He said you'll never know if you overdo the the protective measures, yeah. but you'll know if you underdo them. And and there's some yeah. truth to that. But but at the same rate, I you know, I, being a fan, you know, you're sitting here and you're going, man, I don't know what life would be like without football. And I think financially, yeah. there's a lot of colleges that say I don't know what life yeah. would be like. Without football, you know, so. and UT is one of those schools, man. We can survive. I would say a year or two, a year, if something happens with football, just because of the revenue, our money, people, our boosters, our businesses. You know, we can survive it. But some of these smaller schools that we play, and some of these mid majors, man, there's no way they can survive without playing in those games where we give them that big check that can help build their whole athletic program. You know, I have a saying, um, football pays the bills. And a lot of people don't understand that, but a lot of these schools wouldn't survive without football. So that is how important the game is in the fall when it comes to paying the bills for other sports and other coaches. So, you know, when you're coming up on your most profitable um at your school and you may not have it it's a lot of coaches that are going to be affected it's a lot of people's jobs that are going to be affected I mean we already saw one coaching staff I don't know what school it was but their coaches had to take a pay cut mm. because I think it was they Michigan. didn't have any money you know to pay those guys those huge salaries that they were making so I think you know you will start seeing a lot of stuff like that that will roll over into you know, the mid-major conferences is that, hey, man, we don't have the finances to pay you guys or to pay these professors what you're normally making because, you know, we were hit with the pandemic and we had to, you know, suffer through the football. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, you know, you talk we, we talk a lot about the high school level around at, at, on this show just because we, we, we are able to host Alcoa and Maryville on our two sister stations, but – you know, you talk about the widespread reach of, of what no football means. And, and in the instant moment, you sit here and you go, 
you know the football players don't get the 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 play the exposure the the coaches don't you know don't have that time but then you think about Friday night football you talk about you know the cheerleaders yeah. have a concession stand the band normally has a concession mm-hmm. stand and so it just continues to 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 ripple right on out through through the rest of the high school through the rest of the community and it's just a, it's an impact that I don't know at this point is measurable but uh, again that's the one side of the coin and the other one's the health and safety side of it so uh, it's a it's a balancing right. act that, that that that's not so easily uh, navigated yeah you know you're absolutely right you know I'm a part of the uh, Maryville football community um, from the youth all the way to the high school you know I have a lot of the high school kids that I coach and that you know that I've been mentoring over the last couple of years and my own boys play for Maryville youth so you know we've been affected by it because right now man we should be going into week three of practice but you know they pushed everything back to the middle of August and um, I don't think we don't start playing any games hopefully till you know September sometime so uh it's just a big adjustment that we just got to manage our way through and just hope for the best. But number one, like you said, man, safe and healthy. You know, being healthy is number one for these kids. And, um, you know, it's, it's it's out of our hands. The only thing we can do is just hope that, you know, the TSAA will make the right decision and um, do something to reward these seniors with because those are the ones that are going to be suffering the most because – so many scholarship opportunities are on the table right now, man. You look at what the game of football and, the, and sports have done for so many people, just with education, exposure, and, and opportunities that you would never have if you didn't play this sport. So um, just keeping my fingers crossed and hoping for the best, man. Absolutely. But I, I can't let you off without without talking a little Tennessee football uh, in the fact that Phil still has Tennessee as a top twenty uh, football team going into t- to twenty twenty, should there be one, uh, do you see uh, in your talks with with who's over on the hill? Do you see a, a, a promising football team over there? Well, you know, I like what I saw um, from those last couple games, and especially that that bowl game and that last game can really give you some momentum and give you an idea of what this football team is capable of doing. And I'm a guy, I love how teams and, and how people finish at the end, you know. And if you finish full of fight, full of heart, full of passion, it'll help you going into the next season. So um, I like what I see, man. I definitely see us uh, being one or two games away, man, to compete in one of those big bowl games. Um, I like everybody that we have back. Um, I'm really excited uh, for Eric Gray and those running backs and, um, you know, seeing if a guy like T. Hodge and Maribel Boy get some opportunities to play because that offensive line is pretty much a running back's dream and a quarterback's dream. I know everybody's waiting on the flag for K. Mays to see if he can go or not, but I mean, that's how you win games in the SEC is through line play. And, uh, you know, if you look at the guys that we have, man, it's pretty much some of the best in the country. And I think we should not struggle offensively, you know, with the weapons that we have. But uh, I think 
the reason we're ranked so high is because, you know, the quality players that we have and, you know, the experience of JG and, you know, how dominant we are in the trenches. And when you're looking at SEC football, uh, I mean, the trenches will guide you all the way through a successful season. So I'm excited, man. Um, hopefully we'll get a chance to see him play this year. But that ranking, I think that's a uh, pretty much fair ranking for us right now. Yeah, I, you know, I like preseason rankings. I'm, I, I'm a, you know, a, a hopeless optimistic. I, I like to think the best for, for Tennessee. But then at the same rate, I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. In some ways, you know, that's a that's a kind of a, a like a mark, like a mark, yeah, like mean, a target. But at the same rate, if you if you're going to be yeah, good, I mean, you've got to look good. I mean, man, we've been the underdog and been going through so much over the last six, seven years, man. So I do think, you know, why not give us some hype? You know, we showed you what we can do those last couple games. We sh- we we showed you that we could punch Alabama in the mouth. You know, we should have beat Alabama. You know, we out, you know, we shocked a lot of people that doubted us from that George State loss and, you know, how we rebound in the middle of the season and finish off pretty strong. So, you know, people see that and they say, hey, you know, this team has some fight in them. They're not going to quit. You know, Coach Pruitt is doing a great job of developing players and putting players on the field to be successful. And we know we got a great coach staff that's going to coach to win. So um, I think we deserve it. You know, I think we've been through it, like I said, over the last couple of years. Let's just see how we roll, and let's just see what we're going to do, man. But I definitely think this football team is going to show a lot of juice, you know, a lot of toughness, and they're playing into that mindset of what Coach Pruitt wants. Oh, oh yeah, I think I think Coach Pruitt. You know, I think there was some cultural shift that had to happen early last season. You saw some some yeah, differing yeah. opinions, and then once it locked in, mm-hmm. it was a different dynamic. And and you talk about you know uh, a lot of the 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 staff and things that Pruitt has. You, you look at the addition of uh, of of Jay Graham to the staff, and T Martin's on the staff, mm-hmm. and then Jim Cheney. He's he's not a former Vol. Well, he kind of is because he was on Dooley's staff. But uh, but uh, you, you know these are guys that that had opportunities to be at Tennessee and have returned to tell everybody how special this place is. How does that? Do you think that ultimately amps up recruiting? But then also the in in game pressure and the in game I guess motivation. Does it step up when you've been on that field before? No, uh, yes, sir. I mean, when you have guys that have been in your shoes and guys. That have been, a, you know, that have been a part of the university at its peak and at its prime. You know, you definitely, um, you know, want to listen to those guys, and it's definitely going to affect your play, your confidence, and what those guys can do on the road recruiting. So, you know, playing for a guy like Jay Graham. Jay Graham was my uh, GA my last year at Tennessee. So, you know. I, I love Jay. You know, I love working with him. I love watching film with him. Me and Jay still talk to this day, even when he was at Florida State. I went to go see him, and when he, when he was at Texas A&M, I uh, met up with him in a bowl game in Jacksonville a couple years ago, man. But just his football knowledge and, um, you know, his IQ of, of playing running back and coaching running backs is one of the best in the country. We all know what T. Martin did here. You know, so he's able to sell that. 
and recruit with that at a high level. And what Cheney has done with football over the last 25, 30 years, man, he's highly respected. You know, what he's done with quarterbacks and what he's done, you know, as an OC uh, speaks volumes in this conference and in just college football. So when you got three monsters like that around your football team, it's going to change the mindset also. So it's going to, you know, raise the confidence of players. You know that you're getting coached by the best, so you want to play like you're the best. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about JG and, and the dynamic that he could be coming into the season. Now, all the hype early on in spring was on Harrison Bailey and that the, the mm-hmm. opportunity for him to compete. But as spring ball got canceled and as summer workouts have went on, JG's kind of taken a leadership role with this team and, and pushed a lot of things out to social media talking about this is going to be redemption year or revenge year. And I'm not a I'm a, I'm a big say it on the field kind of guy. But uh, is JG kind of stepping into his own, hopefully, in his senior season? I hope so, man. You know, I was very critical of JG like last year. I mean, to me, if you're not making the plays and, you know, you're making a lot of mistakes that you don't need to make with your experience and and years at uh, the position, being an SEC quarterback, you need to be held accountable. But I think he showed his toughness and he showed his leadership down the stretch. Um, and I just want him to have a successful year, man. You know, it's nothing like that senior year. You know, you can't get that year back. But if he puts it all together and, and you know, comes into his own this senior season and just let everything happen for him, man, um, I think he could be very successful. Um, but it's going to be a lot of pressure. You know, when you have a guy like Harrison Bailey, coming at you as a true freshman and and you know a lot of people already said that he may be the starter if JG struggles early. I mean, you're gonna have to have those practices, man, where you gotta be on your P's and Q's even at practice when you know you got a backup that's as highly talented as that. So it's similar to, you know, my freshman year when we had Travis Stevens. And, you know, Travis Stevens had to sit by behind Jamal and behind uh, Travis Henry, and he had three of the top running backs in the country coming in. And that didn't phase Travis Stevens. And he worked even harder. And he ended up being a Playboy All-American and up for the Dope Walker his uh, last year at UT because he knew, you know, he couldn't make mistakes. He knew he had to bring it on the field and off the field and get better every single day because of, you know, these freshmen that were coming in. So uh, I think J.G. is in that same type of situation, man. You know, your offseason is going to be very important, you know, with your development and, you know, enjoy that senior year, have fun with it, but most importantly, play great football. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Jim Chaney has a track record of changing people. Uh, I remember I remember uh, the, the 09 season with Jonathan Crompton. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Crompton was <laughs> – Crompton was heralded coming to Tennessee. He was hand-delivered by Heath Shuler. There was the whole North Carolina connection. And mm-hmm. and just quite frankly, it didn't pan out. Uh, there was some some differences <laughs> with uh, with with that uh, Dave Clawson that had come in, that, that yeah, whole. Yeah, so many different OCs, yeah. yeah. And, and, but Jim Chaney in one year simplified the offense, and, and he ended up, I think, a fourth or fifth round draft pick. I mean, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Did. Yeah, what they did with. Crompton was just 
I mean, they took his weaknesses and just made him into a strength. So they made him really identify one side of the field because he struggled seeing the whole field. That's the reason a lot of his best passes that year were like rollout passes. You know, so they rolled him out the pocket. I mean, our offensive line was, was good, but it's not as strong as our offensive line has been over the last couple of years and especially this year. Oh, yeah. That's it, what a great, I mean, you know, and that's what a great offensive coordinator does. You know, they're going to put you in position to be successful. So, you know, they rolled him out. They cut off one side of the field and just made him have two targets. You know, you were going to hit your intermediate guy, you know, or your, you know, your um, deep route, or you had your check down with your running back. So it was three quick reads, you know, instead of making four reads. So uh, that's what Chaney did. And, you know, Crompton had a lot of success. He had a great running back. So they used Montario to help open up that passing game. So whenever guys were loaded up in the box and those safeties came down and they get, you know, you know, some 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 soft coverage on the outside and, and, and seeing a, a mismatch at the top, you know, here's the perfect time to let Crompton throw it downfield because I definitely think that was his strength throwing the deep balls. And um, you know, that's just tell you what type of offensive coordinator Chaney is. He going to put you in position to be successful. Oh, absolutely. You know, a lot of people give Chaney credit for Drew Brees and those those different pieces that he had uh, early in his career. But to me, Jonathan Crompton may be his most successful uh, changeover. That and, and what he was a, exactly. And that and what he was able to do with uh, Cordero, uh, Derrick, and Justin Hunter. I thought that that trio was pretty explosive. Uh, but then also Sam Pittman. You talk about that offensive line. They had twin walk-ons. Uh, that was was on that offensive line. That was the Sullen Twins, and and w- that they were able to elevate those guys to to SEC starters. I just to me was a, was a, a modern marvel. So uh, I I think the expectations are high for 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 Tennessee this year, and I think they we just hope to get on the field honestly. Uh, but I, I think that's some insight into what uh, what looks like uh, to be a promising year for the Vols. But, but uh, Jabari, I don't want to, to to get off topic back to, to the camp. Again, your camp this weekend, July 25th and 6th, a two-day camp at Pigeon Forge. Uh, name that park again. Ware Farm City Park. Um, a lot of people know it as Cal Ripken Baseball Park in Pigeon Forge. Uh, the baseball fields are behind the football field, so when you drive down where you know Where's Valley Road, you'll see that park sitting there. You know, if you're coming from Merrillville or coming from Knoxville, you know you'll see it right almost across the street from Pigeon Forge High School. Man, we'll have some really good balls. You know, we'll have uh, you know, VFL legend Tony Robinson. Everybody knows who he is. Well, you know, he was the man back in the '80s. T. Rob, uh, yeah. My, yeah, my teammate Cedric Houston, running back uh, Gerald Ricks Jr. He'll be in town working the camp. Uh, Brett Kendrick played on the offensive line under Bush Jones. He will be there. Um, uh, Eric Westmoreland, nineteen ninety-eight national champion. D'Angelo Lloyd, nineteen ninety-eight national champion. Uh, Corey Larkin was our special teams guy. When I played from 01 to 04, uh, Derek Tinsley, who was running back wide receiver, you know, known for 
that infamous reverse against Miami to help us beat those Hurricanes down in the Orange Bowl in 2003. Um, we got a few other guys as well just going off the top of the dome right now. So you'll be getting a lot of great coaching from guys that play some great football at UT and also coaching high school football and getting those character skills and those life skills that kids need to hear so they can be successful student athletes because it's not all about football, man. You know, you got to learn how to conduct yourself in society, in the classroom, and as a young man at home. And if your kid has a dream of playing at UT one day or playing at the next level one day, we're going to give him a blueprint of everything that he needs to learn it helps them be successful, man. Uh, that's the reason we coach. You know, we want to help other people to help other kids reach out their dreams. So it's going to be a great weekend. Like I said, we all need, we all been affected some type of way with this COVID-19 stuff. A lot of people have canceled vacations. A lot of kids have had their sports canceled from the spring and summer. But, you know, we put something together that's going to be safe. We're going to make sure every kid is protected and uh, have a great football weekend that we all need. Absolutely. But, Jabari, thanks for, for what you do for our local community. And, again, thanks for holding this camp. Again, a breakaway from what has become uh, the the weight of, of COVID-19. July 25th, 26th, the Legends of Tennessee Football Camp in Pigeon Forge. And, again, a lot of great former VFLs. If you need to get, get on and, and see what that looks like, uh, go to utlegendscamp.com. You can check out who who have been some coaches there. Also, the co- the the camps they do all around the state, and then also uh, some volunteer opportunities. Looks like I saw that on there as well. Yes, sir. I appreciate you helping us out, getting the word out, man. Thank you again. Hey, no problem, uh, Jabari. Hey, have a good camp. Uh, thanks for doing it again, and I appreciate all you do for the community. Thank you, man. I appreciate the support. Hey, see you, boss. Take care. Again, Jabari Davis, uh, former Vol and and leader of the Legends of Tennessee football camp, excited to to be able to help get the word out, if, if just for a little bit, uh, to kind of break up the monotony that is COVID nineteen. Not that it's not important, but it is. Uh, there is a weight that this somewhat hopefully lifts for some of these young kids, for some of these family members, and uh, they're going to do it in a safe manner. Again, have portable. Uh, hand sanitizing stations they'll have people cleaning the footballs no contact drills uh, but still learning some good life skills learning some good football things and getting to be around people uh, that have been very successful and have the opportunity to give that back to the to the youth of this community so again legends of tennessee football camp utlegendscamp.com and then again check the tabs on that that website as as there's a lot of great information uh, to be had but we have not uh, given our sponsors their second outing. So we're going to take our break, our last break of the day, and listen uh, to these fine sponsors as we as we head on out. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening. It's been a great Wednesday edition. Don't miss tomorrow as Jeffy Mack gets back in studio. But until then, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Don't miss SB Nation at the top of the hour.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Wood Pellet pre-booking event has arrived at Rule King. The middle of summer is the perfect time to begin storing up for your wood stove in the coming cold winter months. Rule King is the perfect source for your wood pellet needs. A 40-pound bag is just $3.99. For the pre-booking event, the minimum order is 50 bags, and you pay just 10% up front and pick up your order by Halloween. So stay warm and cozy this winter by stocking up with the Wood Pellet pre-booking event at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maryville High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts. We've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. In response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak and in what the Blunt Partnership sees is the best interest of its visitors, employees, and community, Taste of Blunt, slated for September 10th in Maryville. The Townsend Fall Festival scheduled for September 25th and 26th at the Townsend Visitor Center. And the Best of Blunt Awards, booked in October, are canceled. The events will not be rescheduled in 2020. These fall events are cherished productions that the community looks forward to annually. But the current environment is not conducive to holding large events where physical distancing is difficult. 
Pure Country reminds you, Helen Ross McNabb's foundation invites you to support the 2019 Russell Biven Clayfest Tournament on Friday, August 2nd and Saturday, August 3rd at Chilhowee Sportsman's Club in Blount County. WBIR's Russell Biven hosts the tournament to benefit mental health, addiction, and social services in East Tennessee provided by the Helen Ross McNabb Center.